0: Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to the first installment of the program we like to call Illumination. It's directly from Sunset Lodge number 369, right here in sunny Santa Monica, California. The most important thing about this program is we want to we share with you the people that are most important to us, the people, the men of our lodge, what they feel, what they think, and what they believe. Also along the way, we'll also be sharing teachers that are part of, of our Masonic Order, people who have taught valuable lessons to us and hopefully will be able to help you also. By the way, we are open to hear about what you want to know more about. Be sure and contact us via the, the web address that's given on the screen. First of all, I am really big on FIRST, the FIRST of thing to do of anything uh, and I was thinking the first person I would like to have featured on this podcast is someone who I think very highly of. There are, uh, I think if, if there is a Masonic Hall of Fame in my life this man definitely is in it. A lot of people have knowledge of Masonic stuff but this man has it in his heart. And it's such an honor to have him to part be a part of my very first podcast. And this is Brother Michael Walmack.
1: Hey Les. It's really great to be on with you. Um of course to those watching I'm sort of off in the control room since I'm actually gonna help produce this for Les. So we're running the boards and cameras and Computers, but Les insisted that I yes. should be his first guest, and I would never turn down Les in anything he asked for. So here we are, so you'll have to take it what it is. <laughs> but there you go. I'm looking forward to the next shows. So we're going to have some really great guests, I think, and yes. we're going to have some fun. And hopefully, you guys will join us and find out more about Sunset Lodge and the stuff we've got going on here. And and if you guys want to come by and meet us, we're more than welcome to have you come by. So just email us or contact us, and we'll give you all the information on where to find us and everything else. So I'm going to kick it back over to Les. And, you know, whatever questions you have, Les, I will do my very best to try and answer for
0: you. Now, we're going to say it more than once, but I, I want to really I, I want to piggyback on what you said. I want to invite people to come and visit us. We're open on Tuesday nights, most Tuesday nights. And come by, we, we eat at 6.30, and please come by and visit us and have a bite to eat with us. It seems like no matter where I go, masonry and food go hand in hand. So we always have a good time uh, eating. And come by and feel free to ask us anything you want to about what masonry is and, and what we get out of it. And I think that's what's most important. Well, Brother Michael, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to call you Worshipful Michael Walbach or uh, the you, you've got that. You also are a Hiram Award winner. Now, if you don't mind, people who might be new to masonry, uh, can you explain a little bit about that award and also about being a past master? Could you do that for us first off? Sure. Um, past master is probably the thing I'm the most proud of in masonry,
1: and basically that means that Sunset Lodge elected me to be master of the lodge, and in, in particular it was in 2005 Um the centennial of the lodge so I was the 100th master our lodge was founded in 1905 and, and Mr. Fraser was our, our first master way back in the day and and so now we've been over 100 years at this this particular lodge so it's been pretty awesome um, three of our members you'll see the aprons actually on the wall behind me um, were grandmaster and one of our members was grandmaster the same year I was master which is most worshipful David Doan so that was kind of fun. I was the grandmaster's master, basically. Wow. So that was kind of that's, cool. That's so awesome. I said I could throw him out of my lodge, but he could throw me out of masonry. So <laughs> I, I thought maybe then we wouldn't push the issue. That <laughs> was Dope. probably a good thing. <laughs> um, but master of the lodge, I think a lot of people join, and then they rush off to join the Scottish Rite and the York Rite. And while those are wonderful things. The Blue Lodge is the foundation of masonry. And I think to go through and become master, it is the most thing I will be the most proud of that I've ever done in masonry. And I would always encourage anyone getting a degree, become an officer in your Blue Lodge, you know, put in the time. Um, because what you're going to get out of that is so much more than than anything else you will ever do in the fraternity, in my opinion. And right. and then when I think you travel around the world, you know, uh, you're never going to be more of a mason than when you wear the compass and square, unless you have a past master's ring on, and then people will recognize that al- also uh, as an achievement. But it's one of those things you can't just buy. You have to earn. You have to learn the work. You have to memorize the ritual. You have to. Uh, have the confidence of your lodge that they'll vote you in as, as right. master for the year. So you, you really do earn that one. And I think you also value something that you earn more than something you pay for. That's really and true. so I think that that's really the thing. That's good. Um, and then the Hiram Award, it's sort of one that I, I don't talk about all that much. Um, and unfortunately, in our days, it was a little different than what it probably should have been. I've kind of encouraged our lodge to go, and lodge go in a different direction with it. But the Harm Award was sort of a a, a recognition for outstanding accomplishment to your lodge or dedication of service to your lodge. But uh, it was given to people who had done a lot. And, of course, masters of the lodge typically have done a lot. That's the nature of it. But the true spirit of the ward, it was actually created to recognize people who were never going to be master and never have that recognition, that were the guys slaving in the trenches and cooking the meals and you know doing the extra yes. work to, to help around the lodge, but just didn't for whatever reason, whether they couldn't memorize the ritual or they didn't have the time, they were never going to actually be masters. So I, I've often thought that us, us past masters should never actually get the Hiram Award, right. which is why I don't tend to sort of talk it up very much in my opinion. I want to keep the focus on what I think it should be. Right. But that's basically what those two things are. So.
0: Awesome, well I wanted to bring that up because I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but you have done so much for this lodge. You were, like I said, uh, a big, you made a big impression on me when I first got here and I want to thank you for that. First off, uh, I want to get a little bit of history. What, uh, you're from Canada. And what got you interested in becoming a Mason? Well, uh, that's a funny
1: story, too. The, uh, yes. I, I was a student of history, and I, I particularly English history from Elizabethan through oh, to yeah. sort of you know, late Victorian, maybe a little World War II up to that point, but mostly up until the late Victorian age. And, of course, during that time, Freemasonry, you can't not run into it when you're studying history because right. it was such an important part of shaping the world with Washington and, and Jefferson and all these characters, you know, Wellington—they're <laughs> all Freemasons. Oh, yeah. And um, so you would run into it. So I, I was familiar, in a sense, with what it was about. Um, I didn't really hadn't really looked into sort of the more esoteric symbolism part of it, but I was certainly familiar with some of the history of the fraternity. Um, but a friend of mine was totally into all the esoteric stuff and the symbolism and. and and, you know he was a scholar and all this stuff so he really wanted to join a Masonic Lodge and he called me up and he said what are you doing on Tuesday nights And I said well not that much he said you want to join a Masonic Lodge with me And I thought well sure why not Um, so we went to be interviewed by the guy that was recommending us the the brother Um, and you know my friend had like a million questions about freemasonry and he would turn to me and he said do you have anything to ask and i said nope i'm fine um because to me you know i knew it was an honorable organization and i figure whatever it is i'll figure it out when i get in it and we'll, we'll deal with it that way um but I'm sure it's an honorable thing and I I really didn't have that many questions about it Um, so I think that the guy thought that my friend he was expected to be the the big guru in masonry that was going to be the the next big thing and and I was probably not going to amount to much and within a couple years my friend had been suspended for not paying his dues and I was sitting as master in my (laughs) (laughs) lodge and I've often said to to my friend I I said I I think that you didn't expect that and he'll deny it to this day but I I know damn well that he really didn't (laughs) expect it to be any other way so that was kind of how I basically got into it so sort of a happy accident if he will but getting into it it's a marvelous thing and as though I I tell people at the same time in my opinion like most things in life you will get out of it in proportion to what you put into it so if you just pay your dues you get your initiation you never see you in the lodge again sure masons will do what they can to to help you if you need it and so forth but when you do make that extra effort I, I think that they will take even that extra step and that's not why you do it i do it because i love the lodge and i i've gotten so much out of it in terms of the the friendships i've made the yes. enrichment in terms of the way it's helped me to to look at life differently and and so forth and so that's why i do it but at the same time it, it really does you know give back in so many many ways but i think especially if you're willing to give first and right. i always say you, you know what you put into it is going to be what you get out of it
0: right uh what we we do have uh new people walking in every so often and just last week we were sitting around and a new person came in and had some really good questions for us uh what do you suggest for somebody who's watching us who's uh, who have hurt who's heard about freemasonry it's hard not to hear about it but who wants to discover a little bit more what would you suggest them do when they come in
1: well the first thing um be careful what you read online because especially if it has david ike's name in front of it (laughs) it's probably not going to be so authentic Um, visit a lodge and in fact if you're if you live in a rural community you probably don't have too many choices there there may be a masonic lodge right which is fine Um, when you live in an urban area like we have here in Santa Monica or Los Angeles you probably have several choices so in our immediate vicinity we probably have half a dozen or more different lodges and when you have that option visit them all before you decide because every lodge is going to be a slightly different personality our lodge for example uh, at this day and age, a lot of younger guys very into all of the esoteric stuff and so forth and philosophy, and, and which is what I'm excited about. So that that's a good fit for me. Um, another lodge might be people that just like to sit around and watch baseball on television. And if you're interested in all the esoteric stuff, they have no idea what you're talking about. So you're not gonna blend and fit as well. If your thing is watching baseball on television, that's the perfect lodge to join, but that's but right. but but make sure that you feel it's a good fit. And remember, a, a lodge is not the building. It's not how impressive mm-hmm. the building is, it's the people. And, and those are the people you're gonna spend your time with. So as much as they're kind of getting to know you, you should be getting to know them at the same time and make sure it's a good fit for both of you. Um, So that's probably, I think, the most important thing. Um, Other than that, I I think it's just you can show up and check it out and if you want to join. The nice thing, it's not terribly expensive, at least in the U.S. Some countries it's much more. But here in the U.S., it's usually a couple hundred bucks to join a lodge. Everyone's a little different. They all set their own fees and dues. Um, Sunset Lodge, We our dues are 100 bucks a year. It's not that much. And, and for what you get out of it, I think it's the, the second best bargain on the planet. I think the best bargain being AAA since they boosted my car the other day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I think we're the second best to AAA in terms of value for money. So I would say go. come check it out. And,
0: and there's some wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah, be sure and feel free to ask whatever you want to. You know we you know we probably have heard a little bit of everything. So uh, please feel free to ask. I will never forget. If I may add my two cents worth on this, I remember when I was going through my degrees, and you were speaking of the Blue Lodge earlier. Just to reiterate, the Blue Lodge are the first three degrees of Masonry: the the Inner Apprentice, the Philocraft, and the Master Mason. And if you see someone wearing an insignia like this ring, which was a gift from my stepmom to me, I love it, uh, you're probably seeing a master mason there at least. But one of the things that, uh, that I've seen over and over again was that uh, I wanted to learn more about it as I was going up the degrees. Well, I saw something on television about on the History Channel about masonry. I said, you know, this should be pretty safe. You know, it's the History Channel. I started watching it and I saw something that looked like it might have been a part of a ceremony, but I turned it off automatically because for me, I wanted to experience this degree as as I, as I was going through it for the first time. I didn't want to know anything about anything. And I said, after I become a Master Mason, then I will check it out. And um, it's a wonderful thing. As soon as I became a Master Mason, I started looking. And to be honest, 99% of what I saw, I, I had no idea where it was coming from. So don't always, I just really want to reiterate what Brother Michael said, don't always just depend on something like that. Come in and ask and find out for yourself in this way. All right, Brother Michael, what brought you from Canada to Santa Monica?
1: Sorry, I was, I, catch uh, you no, there? Yeah, I was just trying to avoid some of the conversation going on in the background. Ah. We have some people in the lodge doing some things, so sure. hopefully, you guys won't pick up too much of that on the mics. Um, so, I did warn them to be quiet, but they don't take mornings very well, apparently.
0: So, <laughs> let's go with that. I'm sorry, what was your question again, Lon? No, Unless I just, I I, no problem. I, I asked, uh, what brought you from Canada to Santa Monica? Ah. Well, actually, it was, uh, you know, I, I'd met
1: my wife in Canada.
0: She was going to school in
1: Nova Scotia, and her mom was living here in California, so they didn't really get to see each other. So we uh, were sitting at a pub in Halifax, and I said, let's go to California and visit your mother. And she said, okay. So we sold off our belongings, jumped in the car, and traveled all the way across North America. We left with 600 bucks in our pocket, no credit cards, no nothing. Um, And by the time we got to Krista's mother's place, we had $8 left. Wow. Um, So that's kind of what we started with out here. And then we we thought we'd settle up north, but we uh, just couldn't seem to find the right place. Um, And so we ended up coming down south here and uh, started in L.A. with a place to stay for a couple weeks and $20 in our pocket. And that's what we started with. And we never once went hungry, and we never once went homeless. We ate a lot of 99-cent hamburgers for a while. Um, and we never did anything dishonest to make a dollar. We sure. always found an odd job or some little thing to get us through to the next day. And one thing led to another. And here we are 23 years later, still living in Santa Monica in Venice, actually, with our, our pet dove that was rescued and our pet crow in our little apartment that was rescued and our family of squirrels out front. And we, we love it. So we'll be here at least until... The divine tells us that we need to go somewhere
0: else. That's right. That's when we'll go. Krista's a wonderful person to get to know, by the way. Uh, What a lot of wisdom that woman has! A lot of wisdom, and it's an honor to know her. Also, okay. uh, Sunset Lodge has gone through a lot. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit of history of Sunset? You you kind of mentioned that it began in two in 1905. Can you give me a little bit of history of the lodge itself? Sure, although, uh,
1: again, if we're doing a half-hour show, that could probably be a half-hour show right sure, there. Sure. Um, yeah, it started in 1905. Actually, before there was a Venice. And it was actually Ocean Park. Um, and it didn't become Venice until about two years after the Lodge was founded. So there was no Venice in California wow. until then. Um, one of our founding members was actually Mr. Abbott-Kenny, uh, who is okay. know, well-known for establishing Venice. Yes. Um, back in the early days, a lot of our members worked for... Um, Douglas Aircraft here in Santa Monica um, and the phone company for some reason. It was very popular. Um, our lodge, our, the original building was on Main Street, but it was damaged, you know, red-tagged in an earthquake, so they, they purchased this property up on um, Ocean Park, and they, the members actually came in and built the lodge by hand themselves. They came in on evenings and weekends and laid brick and mortar and paint, and, and so this lodge was built by brick by brick by the actual members of the lodge. They didn't hire any contractors, and and so um, th- and we've been around ever since. So it's it's a great lodge. It's a diverse lodge. We have people from different backgrounds and cultures and races and religions. Uh, Grand Lodge of Iran in Exile meets in our lodge. We actually have a women's lodge. It's not associated with Grand Lodge of California, right. just so that I don't get shot. Um, nice. it, they are their own organization, but we rent to them, and we think they're pretty cool, and they sure. do their thing. And so they do the Masonic degrees for women. We have an Eastern Star chapter. So it's a very... Um, Active building. We we don't rent out to the general public a whole lot because we're actually using ourselves most of the time or one of our other organizations. Um, so it is, a, and I, I like that in the sense. I think it makes it a little more sacred the place as opposed to having you know weddings and bar mitzvahs and everything in it. Um, it's nice having it just be our home. Um, so that's a, you know again the, the history. We could talk about this forever, sure. but it, it's been a, a wonderful lodge to belong to for sure.
0: Right, I and it's at, I felt at home from the moment I walked in. I, I saw worshipful David uh, David Neal, who is now the Master of the Lodge. He's the first person I, I talked to when I walked in. And I, was, I, I must admit, I was a little nervous about the formality, you know, hoping, you know, not knowing really what to do. I sat down and Brother Neal came by, sat down beside me and cracked a few of his famous jokes and helped me loosen up along the way. Uh, you have, you have been really involved with our Lodge in many ways. The heart, heartbeat of our Lodge in many ways is, is put there by you and the great work you do. Um, I, can't, I can't say enough about this, but uh, what, what do you see our Lodge growing to be as, as we go on? Because we have. We've gone through a lot recently. And we've gotten a lot of great young people coming in over the last, what, year and a half or so. And I I think we're heading in a good direction. Which direction do you see us going in as Sunset Lodge? Well, I I definitely see us getting younger,
1: which is nice. Um, And I think that that's important. I I think that when I first joined, um, our lodge was getting ready to fold almost. There was about four old guys keeping it going. and. And so we worked very hard to try and attract younger members, start some interesting programs that they might find attractive and so forth. And some of them worked really well and some of them didn't. Um, But we figured it out eventually and I think came up with a good formula for the Lodge. But I think now seeing these young guys stepping up in leadership and starting to run the Lodge, and that makes my heart feel really good that we have a vibrant future because of that. So I'm I'm excited to see that. our lodge, I think, is is an intelligent lodge in the sense that the young guys are very into a lot of the the philosophy and esoteric stuff and symbolism, and so I, I'm really happy to see that as well. I, I think that a lot of lodges lost that, and right. I, I think back in the the era when after World War II lodges were creating so many masons that they didn't have time to do anything else and yes. so I think a lot of those traditions got lost and so seeing that getting revived in our lodge being one of the the forces driving that is uh, I think a wonderful thing right um, and I think that makes us a special place too um, so I think that that's kind of the, the bulk of what I, I sort of see happening with it. So, and, and like I said, I like seeing it young. I like seeing it getting more diverse. We have people from yes. more different cultures and backgrounds now, and I think that that's healthy for the Lodge. So I'm very excited to see the diversity increasing as well in our Lodge.
0: Right. I, in fact, I tell people outside, uh, I said, I, I wish the world operated like our Lodge does because nobody's left out. It's a very diverse group of people, very... Uh, uh, what I was very inclusive I like that word inclusive group and I'm very proud of the crew. now there's a story that you tell that I want you to tell people about the time I believe did you say there was only four members and you did a degree how would you, you remember that story about the degree and what you had to do to make sure that everything was covered can you tell me a little bit about that tell us about it See,
1: here's the part where Les wants me to get in trouble with the inspector. Um, <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago, and and bless his heart, our inspector knew we were struggling to survive, and I think he cut us a little bit of slack once and again. From uh, We never did anything that would ever bring discredit to the fraternity or to the right. lodge, but we definitely had to bend a few rules just to make things happen. So there are literally a couple of guys, then, and between uh, Clifton, who was a master of the year before me, and myself, we were fortunate enough to know most of the ritual work. Um, But there would be degrees we would put on, and a degree initiation, uh, often you need, you know, eight or 10 people uh, at least to put it on. And there'd be me and Clifton and maybe two others um, that really knew the ritual work. So Clifton and I would literally jump from chair to chair in the degree. I'd say, okay, I'll, I'll be in the East for the opening, and you do the m- the chaplain, and then I know this part, so I'll do that, and then you go over there and do this. And, <laughs> and, and we were literally switching chairs, I think, during the degree sometimes to make all of it happen. Right. So that we had some very creative degrees during those days. Yes. Um, but I, it was what was necessary, and now we don't need that because now our lodge is growing and thriving. So... It's so much better
0: i think that's so funny especially with the uh, i agree with you especially with the great group of people we have coming in not just as a group of, but individually each one of them bring a very special spark to our lodge and we're, we're so honored to have them as a part of this by the way let me reiterate this is the program illumination we emanate from sunset lodge number 369 in santa monica california uh, we're going to be here about, uh, right now, we're going to start off with twice a month, and then after that, we'll just see what happens as we get our, our feet wet into what's going on. But what's most importantly, we can plan all we want to about different things, but we want to find out what you want to find out more about. Be, uh, what you need to do is just contact us through through the email that will be on the screen, and we definitely want to hear hear what you want to learn more about and get your feedback on this show. This is the first show, so hopefully we'll get a little better at it as time goes on, but please do. This is your program also, and we want to find out what you want to know more about. Uh, Now, uh, can you explain a little bit, you were talking about the Master of the Lodge. I want to get into a little bit of the basics. How does someone go about becoming a Master of a Lodge?
1: Well, a, a friend actually who um, interviewed me for masonry said to be the master of the lodge when he we were talking after, he said, you need three things. And I think he was right. He said, you need the, the capability, the time, and the desire. And he said, if you're missing one of those three things, then it's not going to happen. Um, the capability part is you have to, first of all, govern the law, so you have to have the, the ability to do so. But most importantly, we do all our ver- ritual work from memory, and to actually um, recite all the different lectures from memory and study and learn them, as Leswell well knows, he's going through to be mastered currently. Mm-hmm. I, it can take hours and hours and hours of recital that you have to memorize, and not everybody just has that capacity to be able to do that kind yeah. of, of serious um, memory work. Um And then desire, obviously, you have to want it. And you have to because it does take time, so you have to have the passion to put in the hours and so forth that it will take. Um, and you have to have the time. It, it is time-consuming, and if you, you just are have three jobs on the go and all this other stuff, it, it just doesn't work real well. So those are the three things. I, I think that um, in the olden days, there was competition for the different offices. and You would literally have to start at the doors, Tyler, and work your way all through the different offices to become master. It would take 13 years or something to reach 12 or 13 years to become master. A lot of lodges nowadays um, are starting to get a little bit better than that. When I joined, I I was initiated. I'm kind of lucky in the sense that I have a a bit of a photographic memory when it comes to the ritual work, and and so I I picked it up very fast. But um, I was made a master mason in the fall of 2002. I actually joined this lodge in 2003. I was senior warden in 2004 and master by the beginning of 2005. So two and a half years after I joined, I was in the East. Um, and I think that's too fast but I, I did take it upon myself I wanted to do it right so uh, I didn't just learn the things I had to learn to be master I actually went back and, and taught myself all the ritual right from the door out as you would have in the old days so there's I thought I'm, I'm a true master of the lodge should know all the ritual work and, and be able to pitch in anywhere necessary so and, and I take pride in that that, that was something I, I felt was important and I'm glad I did it and, um, and then, of course, you, you have to be elected by the Lodge. So they have to like you well enough to, to, to yeah. do that, in a sense. So you know, that's really what it takes. Um, and it is a, a significant position because you yes. are responsible for everything that occurs in the Lodge, the finances, the, uh, if the place catches fire, it's your responsibility. <laughs> so it is, a, it is a big
0: responsibility for sure. All right. Well, I, one of the things you were talking about, all the memory work. Well, I, I serve, at, right now I serve as the senior deacon of our lodge uh, it's just one of the officers of the lodge but there's it's probably the first uh, officer that really has any substantial memory work to do well one of the things i'm really wanting to tell the younger members the newer members is that it's not a chore to memorize this stuff it's really fun to memorize it because it's not just some words to memorize that you can you're going to say That's actually something that's got a deep, heartfelt meaning in it. And the more you memorize it, the more you go over it, the more it becomes a part of who and what you are. And the more you grow as a mason. And that's what I think is most important along the way. Well, I think also, just to
1: sort of help young guys, if you are out there and you're going through to be master and you do have to memorize all this work, there are some things that make it a little easier. Um... Don't do it at the beginning of the day. Do it at the end of the day. And I used to pour a hot tub and relax, and it lasts last 45 minutes or an hour before uh, going to bed. I, I would practice the ritual. The reason for that is then it's the last thing you really are thinking of when you go to sleep. So you don't get up and study a bit and then get busy with your day and have all these other thoughts jumbled right on top of what you've just learned. So right. I think that that helps a lot. Um, one of the things that really does help is if you believe you can do it from the beginning. So I see so many guys that say, oh, this is too much, I can't do it, and they've kind of psyched themselves out right at that point. Just trust that you can do it and believe in it. And then just consistency. Practice a little bit every day. Um, if you do a whole bunch of time one day and then miss a week and then start again, you're going to lose everything you've learned. So keep building upon it and keep doing it a little bit every day and it'll come, you know. And there's always that exciting point where you realize you got it. Yes. And that, that is a very exciting point when you realize I have this lecture nailed. and. And
0: so, um,
1: but consistency is real important.
0: Well, I, I, you know, it's so funny because I, whenever I learned my senior deacon part, uh, there was a time where I was, uh, when I was reciting it and because I was new at it and I was just reciting it. But then one day it clicked and I was telling it. And I will never forget that because it, it just, it went from my head to right here. And that is what is most important. Well, Brother Mike, do you, you have some final words you want to share with our audience about, uh, about your life? And uh, we're, we're definitely honored to have you part of our very first show today.
1: Well, I'm definitely excited. I, I took a little break from the Lodge after many, many years because I felt I needed a little personal time. Yes. Um, so I just really got back involved with the Lodge recently. So I'm just still learning all the new faces and so forth. But I'm having a great time, and it's exciting to be back. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to what we can do together. I'm excited to be producing the show with Les. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, uh, Sorry for the technical glitches tonight. I'm trying to juggle be doing an interview as well as four cameras or three cameras and a soundboard and everything else and trying to get Worshipful Constantine to be quiet in the background. So I apologize for any camera glitches or shots that didn't end up quite right, but... So be it. Um, we do this show live. We don't do any editing. So whatever it is, it is, and, there go. and that's part of the fun of it. Well, um, but that's about it. So I I'm going to turn it back to you to close, and maybe let people know what's going on coming up, and we'll go from there. All
0: so right, real good. Uh, thank you very much. I want to just bring up uh, Sunset Lodge Number Three Sixty Nine here in Santa Monica. We got things rocking. Let me tell you. Uh, on February the twelfth, we have a third degree with Brother Tom. And February, in fact, the next three weeks, we're going to have third degrees going on. And uh, Brother Matt and Brother Ray, uh, Brother Ray Davis, a fellow hat wearer. So, uh, who, all three of these men have become a really good vital members of our lodge going along the way. Uh, we also uh, have a second degree coming up in March. And just a lot of growth and a lot of wonderful things going on in our lodge if there's anything you want to find out more about please feel free to contact us at the email address provided and we would be more than glad to to help you find out more about masonry and what we do around here what we think and what we believe this is the first show uh hopefully you know we're getting all the butterflies out of the way on the first show and most of all, thank you for watching this and, and being a part of this. And once again, Brother Michael, thank you so much for being my first guest. And it's such an honor to have, have you here. Until next week, same time, same channel, along the way, wherever you are in the world. Thank you very much and have a good one.